up, everyone? Welcome back to another No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton, joined as usual by my wife, Carla. It is, uh, right now it's holiday season. And one of the things we're going to talk about is how do you build a team instead of just being a you and me? But before we get to that, Carla, we are moving into the holiday season I know I'm going to catch you off guard here, oh, but that's okay. I know you like it. No doubt. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite part about the holidays? Oh, man. I hate when you catch me off guard. I can't think well, of Well, if it's exactly. your favorite, you should be able I to know, think of it. I know, what is I know. What comes to mind just like that? I love, one thing I love is once your tree's up, or maybe there are lights or lights outside or wherever, I love lights. So I love just times during the season that you get to be home and just kind of be in front of your tree and maybe you're watching Christmas movies or you're wrapping gifts or you have the fire going. Yeah, I was going to say it's cold enough to have a fire and just some of those things that I love to do. Um, I love cold weather, but I love that kind of ambiance of the holiday. So that's... I mean, obviously, there are tons of other things, but that's that's one thing to pop to my mind. I well, do enjoy that What's time. cool about that is it's not just a one-time thing. It's not like the annual Christmas party or just even oh, yeah. Christmas Day itself, which can be chaotic, to be honest. But just sort of the just enjoying all the small things of the mm-hmm. season. Sounds good to me. Okay. Thank you. Did all right. I pass? Aren't you glad I approve <laughs> of your favorite thing? Yeah, I appreciate that. All right, we're getting ready to start a series here talking about our concept of, man, how do you forge a team out of a marriage? Our son is getting ready to be married in just about a month. I know. I know, crazy thought. He's our youngest child. Um, And so, you know, you have two individuals. They've been living their lives the way they want to live them as, you know, individuals, and all of a sudden... God does this mystical thing where he says, the two shall become one. And that's not always an easy transition. And so what we want to talk about, and this is actually going to be a multi-part series, is how do you get from being just you and me, two individuals, and come to that point where you really begin to function as a we, as a team that man, is is effective and can accomplish and that's really growing and exciting and vibrant and everything that it does. It reminds me when you've said that just then, the idea that, you know, how for believers, when we become, when we are saved, that moment that it occurs that we give our lives to the Lord Jesus, that is a forever done thing. Yeah, that we move from death to life. In, in one split second that it happens, but the rest of our lives, God is taking us to a place of ultimate glory with him forever and ever and ever. But from the moment we're saved until the moment we leave this life, it's a process. It's a journey that he's changing us. And he is. he says we're saved we're sanctified, we're going to be glorified. And so he talks about those things as done deals, and yet we know 
that a lot of the process is ongoing as long as we live here as believers. And when you just said that about marriage, in that instant that a minister says, I now pronounce you man and wife. And what God has joined together, let no man tear asunder, right? So tear apart. Okay, so in that moment, sort of the mystery of these two individuals coming together, but it will take the rest of their married life to move toward that concept of the oneness. So it just kind of reminds me of that and how our spiritual lives, that truth is in place. And I think in marriage, a lot of times we say, I do, we are now married, but man, you are still two individual people, which you always will be, but moving toward that mindset to me of a we is a is a huge process journey. And I think the reality is for us, Johnny, that we spent a lot of years individually, I mean, functioning as a couple, but I think there's a difference in being a couple and being a team. Let's run back to your quick comparison because I think it was a good comparison. Well, thank you. God says certain things about us. Hey, you are justified, man. You are declared righteous, but we're in the process of being sanctified. And one day we will be glorified and removed from the presence of sin. And in that same way, and I think Paul talks about it, says, hey, to work out your salvation. Hey, God says this is true and God promises this is what's going to happen. But like you said, it's a process of God transforming us into the image of Christ. And, you know, we've always talked about and taught that marriage is a reflection of God's relationship to his people. So it makes sense that even in marriage, you see sort of that same process. You see what God says, hey, the two shall become one. And there is something mystical that happens. In that moment, but... But it is a process of transforming them to actually think and work that way. And I, I would think, I think you and I would say, again, that we worked as a couple in a lot of ways in the sense of we were um, in agreement on a lot of things. We parented pretty much, you know, on the same page. We did a lot of those things. So it wasn't that there wasn't any elements of the team, but I think what we're talking about and what we want to talk about over the next couple of podcasts is really, what does that really look like? What? It, how is that different than just being a cute couple? Yeah, I think it's... Um, Nothing wrong with being a cute couple, but I'm just... That's yeah. good. That's good being a cute couple. Uh, let's give them our acronym for team. Okay. We're sort of starting there. Um we said we like acronyms. Don't ask me why, because I think it's just a way to say more with one word. And, and maybe remember so, it. And for team, uh, the acronym we use is T-E-A-M, Totally Engaging Awesome Marriage. Because I think that's what that's what we desire, and that's what God desires, that our marriage, man, we're engaged, we're excited, we're focused, we're present. And God wants it to be awesome. It doesn't mean it's without hardship and without challenges, but even in that, you can function as a team. And oftentimes, and we'll talk later on, oftentimes it is those struggles 
that helps you become the team that God's designed you to be. Yeah. So what we're going to do on this first podcast is, uh, I guess you could say we're going to sort of look at, hey, what do you want to have? Sort of what's the result? And that what we want to look at, what are the qualities of a really good team, a totally engaging, awesome marriage? And then over the next several podcasts after this, we're going to talk about, well, how do you get there? How do you build that? On a, on a daily, continual basis, what are some of the things, what are some of the practices, some of the tools that you can use to develop that attitude of team? Not just you and me, but we. All right, so we're going to go back and forth on these. We got 14 of them, and uh, so I'll start us off. Uh, number one, it is commitment. And, you know, I think, and we love the idea of team because I'm big time into sports. And, and so I grew up doing that. And there were certain things, if you're going to be a winning team, and I think apply to marriage as well. And that's where we've taken a lot of these concepts from. Man, I've got to be committed. I've got to be committed to my marriage. I've got to be committed to my wife, to you. I've got to be committed to making it grow and to make us to be the best we can possibly be. And if both parties aren't committed to that, you can't build that concept of a we if it's just one person doing it. That is true. And so if you're listening and you're thinking, I don't know that we have that level of commitment or that both of us have that level of commitment, what I would say is this, keep listening. Keep listening for the pieces that you can do. Um, as, as Johnny said, we cannot change anybody's heart. Um, we can't um, badger anybody into changed behavior or desire. All we can do is be responsible f- to our commitment and our desire for what we would like it to be and to begin to live that. And so I would say, listen, listen for the pieces you can own and you can do. And, and there is, you know, we never want to short change what God might decide to do. But often, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I was just thinking when we have couples that approach us about coaching, one of the questions that, you know, usually it's one of them. Yeah, they reach out, yeah. And they reach out, and one of the questions to ask is, hey, is your spouse on board? On board, willing to do it. Yeah, Yeah. because if they're not, it's hard to grow in there. It is. You can do the things that you can do, and you can really look back and trust that God's going to do a work in them. But ultimately, there has to be a desire in both of you. Hey, we want to make this We want to move forward. Yeah, we want to move forward. And so, again, just that would be our, our... word to you if that's what you're listening to. But um, for those of you who may be listening, and again, you want it better, um, you want to move toward that, I think these would be some some good pieces. Um, the second part, uh, num- number two, would be trust. And obviously, trust comes is is a foundational key piece that says and believes your partner has your best interests at heart. And that means they're willing to, at times, make compromises, sacrifice for you. Um, We sometimes give up something that may be a desire or an interest we have, or we put this spouse's desire or interest ahead of our own. But, But trusting, basically, at the core of it, that just says they're, they're for me. They're not against me. We're on the same team. 
and there's an element of trust. And when you listen to sports people all the time, team kind of things, they're always talking about that idea. They, they throw out the word all the time. Our players trust each other. They trust the person who's supposed to be guarding, you know, protecting their back. They, they trust their receivers to get run their routes and get where they're supposed to get. They trust the quarterback to make the throw. So, I mean, there, there's a level of that that just says, I believe in you. And, and so, obviously, this, that's key. You know, do do you feel that way? Are you moving toward a deeper level of that? All right, following on the heels of trust, we got number three, and that's honesty. And obviously those two go together, trust yeah. and honesty. You want to violate trust real quick, you start being dishonest with your spouse. Uh, we know that, and, and from experience, that, Boy, if you aren't totally truthful and forthcoming about things, it's going to end up, it's going to end up hurting you and hurting your relationship. It's very much one of those things that if you're not honest, and even if it's out of this misguided, and we've talked about it before, this misguided idea of well, I'm going to protect them by they don't need to know this. I don't want them to struggle. I don't want them to worry. Ultimately, the truth's going to come to light, and that's going to set you back. And it's yeah. very much that thing. You're going to take three steps back, and it's going to be a struggle. You're going to have to work through to get back to even where you were. Yeah. And so the best way is don't ever go there in the first place. Yeah. And obviously, if you do, then we got to do the work of repair. Okay. Let's go to number four. All right. Number four is loyalty. And again, some of these kind of obviously link hands really well because it's the idea that I'm going to stay with you. I am loyal to you. Um, I am deeply committed. I am going to be there for the good or for the bad. Um, it is sort of that idea where when people, when and today couples even that are not, quote, religious or spiritual, a lot of times, sometimes they still have that verbiage in their vows. That yeah, said, for better or worse. For better or worse. And you think sometimes you want to say to somebody, now think through what that might be before you go and commit to that. So it is a commitment that just says, I'm loyal to you, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm in it with you. Yeah, I hate to commit, I hate to compare my spouse to a dog. But Stop. that's the idea that you think of. You think of that's one of the things that we value in our pets, and I'll say dogs, not cats, because they can be kind of aloof. But <laughs> well, that dog love doesn't, cats you know, you, know you, if you, take, you take care, even when you don't take care of your dog, um, Man, they have, they just, they love you and they, they're there for you and they don't care. You may have been, you know, you may have snapped at somebody, you may have done it. Even when you do that at them, they tend to continue to give you that loyalty. Kind of um, sad that a dog does that better than a human yeah, being it really sometimes. Does. That is sad. Okay. All right. Let's so go on to the next one. Loyalty. Hey, number five, uh, openness and communication. Uh, hey, there's no doubt that. If you're going to move from that place of being two individuals, that one of the key ways you get there, and we often talk about this as a key part of marriage, and that's communication. And so there needs to be that freedom. There needs to be that safe space that, hey, we can talk about things we may not agree about, talk about things and explore ideas that may be new and different. But we always want to have just that open door of communication between a husband and wife to continue to move forward. That's it. Okay. All right. And then we have flexibility. Ooh, okay. So, again, the idea that we are willing to change plans 
maybe something that previously we had thought we would um, would be part of what we're going to do. But again, this may be the idea that we're going to flex to meet the needs of our partner. Um, and also the idea that we're, we're being included in that decision making. And so when you think about it, a lot of times this is a place where one, it really demonstrates, I would say that you may not be functioning as a team. If you and your spouse still almost in a silo make your decisions. I don't mean like what you're having for dinner and what outfit to wear, but I'm talking things that of of schedule, of holidays, of commitments to do something or not to do something, go somewhere, um, buy something, uh, give to something. I mean, you name it. Um, whatever that might look like, if you're doing that a lot without any engagement of conversation with your spouse or any thought to, wow, I just signed us up to help with so-and-so, or I just signed us up, I just, I just signed up to go do this event or to go on this retreat or whatever, and you didn't even cross your mind that you should ask your spouse about it. That may be an indication that, hey, we still really kind of function as two single individual people doing their own life. I can remember in our past you doing things like that. I did things like that. It reminded me for good things. It would be like, hey, I signed us up for a marriage conference this weekend. Oh, yes. Which I don't and really think makes, I did that. But you um did. you did, but we well the we point needed is, it. Even if it's something that may be really good for you. Right. When you start making commitments and making those kind of schedules in your life without scheduling your partner, you're not working as a we. I was gonna say, yeah, and again, it's this can it can show some more underneath kind of depth of where you are in moving toward being a team at the same time, it's one of those that surfaces really quickly when one spouse commits you schedule wise or whatever, without talking to the other. And it really can make the other spouse feel very unimportant, not engaged at all. Like it doesn't matter what I had going on or what I was thinking about this. All right, let's move on to number seven, the number seven quality adaptability. And that has to do with being willing to compromise, not being so set in your ways that everything has to be the way that you want it to be. Mm. Uh, and unfortunately, that's one of the harder things because let's face it, we often come into marriage and our life has pretty much been about us, especially as couples wait longer and longer to get yeah, married. Yeah, if you're been if you're thirty something years old, longer. yeah, yeah, this is hard, and, and yet it's important. And so, what you want to learn to do is you want to learn to compromise. You want to learn to how come to a win-win situation. Uh, one of the tools, and we probably mentioned it before, that's really great when it comes to this, and that's our 10 steps in dealing with conflict. And it's just when, hey, you have several options or you're trying to make a decision, where are we going to go for the holidays? How are we going to do this? How are we going to decorate a Christmas tree? Those kind of things. Hey, it's a way that you can come together and it doesn't always have to be your way. You can adapt. In fact, maybe learn something new that both of you come up with together. Yeah, outside the box. Okay, moving uh, on. All right, and the next one is admiration. And admiration allows us to, again, to appreciate everything your spouse brings to the table or brings to the team. 
It encourages, again, the idea of us both being the best version of ourselves. So the focus is on what my spouse brings to the team because we all bring something different into the relationship. And so are we looking for those things? Do I admire your strengths? Yeah, and you mentioned before that we probably spent a lot of years not working as a team. And I think this is probably one of the areas why is because you, and you've said this, and we're not going to go a lot into this, but you very much wanted me to be different than what I was and who I was. Yeah, and so instead of recognizing the strengths that you brought um, to our marriage and our relationship, I was focusing on what was not there that I thought I wanted. And so, man, we just, first of all, that's so damaging to the other person. And at the same time, you're missing out on how God's going to weave your strengths and weaknesses to complement and shore up one another. All right, let's go to number nine of our qualities to really build a great team. Uh, Support. And that's just the idea that, hey, you're willing to help and step in and do whatever your partner needs, especially, you know, times that may they may not be able to step. Or maybe let's say they've got some things that are just super busy at work, and so, you know, they can't do the normal things they might do. Well, a supportive team member, they're going to pick up the slack. They're going to take on those tasks to free them up when they see that, man, they're just overwhelmed. What can I do? to man take some of this off of you for this time yeah. period. And that is definitely a team concept when you think about it, the idea that, you know, kind of what they talk about, obviously this concept's a little bit different, but next man up, next man to fill the gap. Somebody gets hurt, somebody's out sick, somebody cannot full, I mean, fulfill their normal given role, the next man up the next person that can fill it in and do it. Yeah. And that's a team mindset. And to me, that, the idea of support gets at the heart of really being a servant to each other. Yeah. All right, let's go on to All uh, right, goodwill. and goodwill. And that is, again, the idea that I am considering your feelings before making decisions that may affect you. And so that's what I was saying earlier that when we're not talking about what, what outfit you're going to wear in the morning, that probably is not going to impact your spouse. But when we start making decisions about us, about our family, about our time, our priorities, our finances, and we're not allowing, you know, demonstrating goodwill toward our spouse in that we want them to be in on this discussion. We want this, again, to be a we yeah, to me, this is one of the biggest signs that you're developing this concept of we, that suddenly when as you're faced with decisions or when you're making a decision, it may be a decision that's really just about you. Do you do this job? Do you do this? Do you, do you take yeah. on? And, and you're not even asking the other person to go with you, but that your consideration is not what do I want or how does this affect me, but that your first thought is how does this affect us? Us, Yeah. And when you see that subtle shift of mindset when it comes to something like this, and that's why I love this idea of goodwill, that suddenly I'm no longer thinking is a single person. Yeah. I'm not even thinking is I'm one half of a thing, that it's I'm thinking about we. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. And then, oh, you're next. The next. I'm one. sorry. Yeah. Uh, appreciation. 
And that's just the idea that a lot of times I like this idea. It's sort of really close to the idea of being cherished, but it's really seeing, understanding, and appreciating your spouse for who they are and what they do. Sort of going back to those other things, um, you know, a lot of times one of the questions we talk about with that, this goes back to family of origin is, hey, did you really feel seen and heard? Yeah. And, and that's important that your spouse feels that way. For sure. Um, the next one is stamina. And that's the idea that you can endure high levels of stress over long periods of time. And this, nobody signs up for this. Nobody asks for this. But the reality is there will be marriages and families um, that the stress is, is long and it's stretched out. And it's not a, it's, it's the cross country run. It's the marathon. And, and those things can really wear down a marriage. And this is where we talk to couples again all the time about the idea of pour in and strengthen, build that resiliency, build the ability to have stamina. So when you hit dry periods, when you hit where there's not tons of fun and excitement, it is a hard place you're in right now. But then you've got roots that go deep and you still have the ability to understand how to pour into one another. And like you said, how to, how to go the distance when there's some really hard periods. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. If you, for some crazy reason, decided you wanted to run a marathon, yay for all you people who do. I do not understand why you want we know to. You, we know you don't. Thank you. But if you did, you're not going to just, okay, let me go run 20 miles today. You start out small. You build up the strength and stamina. And that's sort of like in those early years of marriage when you don't have the all the stress usually. You don't have kids yet. Man, that's when you start to develop those, those traits, those characteristics, those habits that once the stress comes, man, it still allows you to flourish as a couple. Uh, so then we come to our penultimate quality. And that's determination, and I love that that follows stamina. Uh, stamina dealing with, hey, when things are hard, determination means I'm going to stick it out. I'm going to push through. I'm going to go the extra mile. I am not going to let this relationship fail. Yeah. Hey, I am here for the long haul, and it's, man, it's going to, marriage like no other relationship is going to challenge you. It's going to challenge, it's going to expose your sin, it's going to challenge everything about you. Man, if you're going to be successful, you've got to sit there and push yourself a lot of times beyond what you're comfortable to do. And the really good thing about that is that's what God desires for us, and he's going to equip us to do that if we learn to trust and rest in him. I mean, that, yeah, that is, that's huge. And that is important probably most couples today if let's say they've got more than 10 to 15 years in a marriage and some of them under, some of them would probably say, you know, under 10 years, um, they would probably tell you there are moments and there are seasons that there is the cold, raw determination that we committed for better or worse. And this is a hard place, but the determination, the commitment is there. And so you keep moving on. 
So we would say that is hugely important. And Carla, then why don't you wrap up our last our last quality. one, and then oh wow, okay, the last one, and we could spend, and we probably will. We're we are, ex- we are going to do this in the future. Yeah, we're excited that I think in 2024, man, that sounded wow, so weird soon. for some reason. Yeah. Um, there's, there's some new topics and things that we're going to explore and we're looking forward to that. But this last one is forgiveness. Um, and forgiveness, I can absolutely tell you with 100% assurance and confidence, you can take this to the bank. You will need to forgive one another. Forgiveness will be a part of your marriage relationship. And for some of you, it may be no more than I accidentally ran into the back of your car when I was parking, getting out, pulling out of the driveway, or would you please forgive me? I washed your favorite clothes and shrunk them all up, or I've done... I turned them pink. Yeah, I've really done and made some horrible mistakes, and I'm going to need to be forgiven. Forgiveness is a whole topic that, again, we're going to explore some more, but it doesn't mean that you are letting them off the, quote, hook for what they have done. It doesn't mean there are not consequences. There are not things that have to happen and restoration and a number of other things, but it just means that you have decided you are no longer going to allow that to control you. You're going to take your hands basically off of their throat You're not going to have to exact vengeance. Um, We're going to leave that to God. Um, That is, like I said, that's a huge, deep well of a topic. But the reality is it is a place that we're all going to have to and want to learn to be able to forgive each other because we will occasionally hurt each other unintentionally, just silly, stupid things that happen. And there will be other wounds that are very deep, very deep. And so it's going to it's going to be a huge piece of moving toward a team. All right. Well, that's the 14. And let me just go ahead and say here, if you I know that was a lot of stuff. And if you would if you'd like to get a list of these, uh, we would love to send them to you. You can just reach out to us through no regrets dot org and just shoot us an email through that. And we'll send you a copy in the mail through your email for you. Uh, God's desire is that you become one with your spouse. That's what he designed marriage to be. But as we said before, it's a process. As we look at the qualities, these are sort of the things that we think make up that idea of a we. And so in our next podcast, we're going to start fleshing out, well, how do we get there? What are some things we can do as a couple to develop that team mindset that we actually become not just you and me, but we become a we. And so our challenge as you move towards that is that, hey, you just keep on forging. 